This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Candidly Keisha. Keisha Knight-Polium has grown up on TV, playing characters on shows like The Cosby Show to Tyler Perry's House of Pain. They know Rudy. They know Miranda. I've been in the business literally for 36 years. Keisha's an actress, philanthropist, foodie, and now hosts of her own podcast. This is an opportunity for you, my friends, my fans, to get to know me, just Keisha. This is Candidly Keisha. Welcome to Candidly Keisha. It is Friday. My favorite day is Candidly Keisha Day. And we are here in the studio. My sister friend, Arian Simone, is here. We have been doing a countdown to the Fearless Conference. So we're having our Fearless segment. But I've just kind of kidnapped her, and she's just been doing the podcast with me the past couple weeks. And I'm not complaining. So how are you, Arian? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am awesome. We um, are jumping right in today. We're talking about the internet and social media and just how it's different, like, based on gender generations and because like even though I personally don't feel like I'm that old (laughs) clearly I am in comparison to like my younger brother because they do all this x generation y generation baby boom millennial there are too many terms but um we actually have our first caller on on the (laughs) line Ella. And then, I'm sorry, I forgot Ella's generation. I don't know what that's called. (laughs) They haven't named it yet. They haven't named it yet, but Ella was like, you will not forget me. So welcome to Candidly Keisha. Who do we have on the line? Hey, guys. My name is Jessica Parker. I am giving you all a call from Durham, North Carolina. Nice. Hey, Jessica. So did you have a question or a comment? You know, right when I tuned in, um, Miss Keisha, to your Instagram, Instagram. live, mm-hmm. yes. the power of social media, your Instagram, and I heard what you were talking about, and I was like, "Oh, this is perfect." A lot of people aren't talking about, are talking about it, but just you know, within themselves. So I thought this was just an amazing idea to bring to the forefront and the compat with the capacity of what the capacity of the influence that social media has that we don't even think about. It's just amazing. So I just wanted to call in really and just ask both of you. Do you both feel the pressure still? I mean, I'm 29, so I'm with you, Keisha. I don't feel old. But when I look at some of the things that the younger generation is doing just because of social media, I'm like, wow, do people still get that pressure? I know I, I went through a horrible time of comparing myself, so mm-hmm. I was just wondering. So when you say the pressure, do you mean like the pressure in terms of to keep up with the Joneses or the pressure yes, to, like you know, like whole. have a specific type of lifestyle? You know, I yes. personally feel like I don't feel it at all. At all. At all. You know, I'm That's in awesome. my own world and I'm very okay with it. And they know me and like me there. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, unfortunately, I do feel a lot of people do. We were talking about this just last, last night. Um, you know, I had family over. And about how the same, what is it, dopamine? I'm not sure. I may be saying the wrong um, drug that the body releases. Yes, your body releases different enzymes. And pretty much um, what social media is or has done chemically internally, it's like 
the same reaction that you'll get from a high of doing drugs or alcohol. alcohol. And it's you get from wow. likes. Yes. It's when you get a like, it gives you the same exact rush. So you're getting the same exact addiction as if you were on a substance. So that's what's taking place. And for the millennial generation, um, Keisha and I are just right above that. We're in Generation X. But for the millennial generation, it has shown that it has caused some levels of depression as well, too. Of so, not being able to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. So I think that maybe because not that we're, I don't want to like say older, we're just a little bit more seasoned in life. Um, and I say, no, we don't have that pressure to keep up with the Joneses or those types of things. But it's definitely taking a strong toll on the millennial generation. But do you want to hear something really interesting that the we did read? Pregnancy. The teen pregnancy thing. Yeah. Apparently, um, with this whole study that went on, we were reading last night that as a result of social media, teen pregnancy is down. Yeah. And it's down because people aspire to live the type of lifestyle that they're seeing on social media. Isn't that crazy? My goodness, that's a lot. I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking it was going to be that deep. Wow. <laughs> I know, and I just I just find it really interesting. And, you know, we appreciate you for calling in, and, you know, thank, thank you, so you for your time. Yeah, and you. make sure and that... Your honesty. Yeah, for real, for real, because yeah. a lot of people, yeah. um, you know, like you said, <laughs> okay, they have those conversations <laughs> um, amongst you know yourselves but not right. <laughs> in public my daughter is all the way turned up today ella boo <laughs> ella what you well, talking thank to thank you guys so much and please continue to keep it up um i love the show thank you thank you thank you ella says thank you also <laughs> say thank you ella bye bye <laughs> <laughs> that was a really really good first caller yeah it was she was definitely honest about the fact that she sometimes feels that pressure <laughs> And that's just that's just so unfortunate. That's when I, I love what social media can offer to us as businesswomen and being able to market and gain yeah. exposure that you wouldn't necessarily normally get through the traditional mediums of media. It's just the truth. So I love what it's been able to provide. The only thing um, is, like I said, there's pros and cons to right. everything, and unfortunately, those are just some of the cons to it. Right. But I, I'm I'm in love with what the pros are. So we just have to figure out how through messaging and how right. through other areas to, like, counteract that. Do you know the funny thing? In, you know, because we're such a visual society and mm -hmm. people a lot of times don't realize that, that we emulate what we see yes. a lot. It's like, you know, for instance, even in, like, parenting, I'm sitting here looking at Ellen. She sees me talking into the mic mm -hmm. every, you know, week since she was born. And so she knows that she's supposed to talk into the mic. So my mom actually just took her out for a little bit because she was like, I'm going to talk too. And she was trying to hold the mic and talk into it and have her own little say. But that's life, you know. Children learn by what they see and what you do mm -hmm. way, way more than what you say. Well, what you visualize, I always say you materialize. Mm -hmm. So in, with that being said, people are internalizing these different desires that they wouldn't necessarily um, have at, at different times because that's what they're digesting every right. single day. And just be mindful about who you're following because you're digesting that, too. Girl, like I get mad if you know because they've changed the algorithms for the your oh, like yeah. popular page or not your popular but that your like explore page, your explorer yeah. page. Man, I get mad when I see something crazy. I'm like, who am I following that put this on this. my page? <laughs> Why is this on my page? I'm like, how did this find me? <laughs> I am unfollowing you, whoever it is. Soon as I figure it out. <laughs> That is so true, because that does happen. I'm like, whoa, who am I connected to at this moment that this is what they're choosing to view? 
Right. And the Ooh. fun and I learned that you can like click on it and say like you don't want to see this post. Like it's uh-huh. something you can do. But yeah, at first I would get really upset cuz sometimes you just want to scroll through and kind of be a little voyeur and just, just yeah. you know, let's see what other people have got going on in their lives. Just see, but you know, uh, something else I always try to remind people is that the, you are only seeing snapshots. Oh, yeah. You're yes. seeing what people desire for you to see. You are not seeing a true and accurate representation of who they are and really what their life is. And quite frankly, like, I don't post a lot because I'm too busy enjoying life and living life. Mm-hmm. So I forget. Like, I have to be reminded, like, Keisha, why haven't you posted in 10 days? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. How about that? And it's also interesting because something else that's come up a lot on my Instagram is people have this really like this entitled like this oh, yeah, generation is very to, to entitled. Know what's going on in your life? You are not entitled. Damn it! <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you. Like I'm a person just like you are. I put my drawers on when I wear them one foot at a time, just the same way you do. And that's one thing that my dad always said. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know. A person, they are the same, you know, no matter what they have, how much they have, how little they have, they put their pants on, their drawers on one foot at a time, just the same way you do. And I think, you know what cracks me up the most? When someone gets on my page and gets belligerent about not seeing my child, my daughter, whose job, my job is to protect her. My job is to do what I feel is best in giving her the most normal, enjoyable, peaceful, loving upbringing that can possibly ever occur. Mm-hmm. And I chose, you know, granted my parents did put me in the business when I was nine months old because it was a hobby, but also the climate was very different than it is today. Oh, yes, M- much much so. And But as I got older, it was something that I continued to enjoy and that I continued to choose to do. And I feel like my daughter has the right to live in as much anonymity as possible for mm-hmm. as long as possible. There will come a day where I won't be able to, of course. you know, she'll be out and about. Um, I get that, but for right now, she didn't. She's not an actor. I am. Her mm-hmm. her life isn't doesn't have to be private, and you know all of those sort of things. So I just think it's interesting. And the oh, what I was going to say is the funniest part about it is like the people who come on my page and act the most belligerent. Then I'll just click on theirs, and, and their page is private, and their page is private. And I'm like, oh, so you're going to try to come private. from my neck about what I'm doing with my child, and your page is and private. your page is private, mm-hmm. and now you've been blocked and deleted. Because I believe in block delete. So I'm just letting you know. You come on my page talking crazy, I will block you. Because I don't go, my whole thing is this. I go on no one else's page to be mean, to talk crazy. If you don't like it, you just. You can just leave. You can leave. Or you can unfollow. Or you can do any of these things. But, you know, I'm not, I don't do that to you. So why is it okay for you to do it to me? That's how I feel. But anyway. Anyway. That's my, uh, my soapbox for the day. Your feelings, Arian. If you had a child, how would you handle that? Um, that's a very good question. It depends. It definitely depends. Um, if I, I probably would wait just a little bit. Yeah. But I, um, at some point, yeah, everybody would see my child. Yeah. But just like I'm private like that with my personal life. Girl. It's- <laughs> 
that this is secret squirrel number one. You don't see me parading around, you know, my dating life necessarily. What I'll do, I may post like a picture and it say like dinner for two. Yeah. Or you may see something like that every blue moon. But no, I don't. um, And that's just a personal choice. And there's something. Because some people. Ever you see, they've dated so and so in the spring. They're dating so and so in the fall. They're dating so and so in the winter, and yeah. you've seen all the guys. But my my thing is also, you have the right to. You don't have to share everything. Leave something to the imagination. Oh yeah. Like we just live in this day and age where everything is supposed to be for consumption immediately right now. But there is something to be said to have a little bit of mystery, to mm-hmm. have a little bit of, you know, just something that's shared that's just saved for you. you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're famous or not. Mm-hmm. That's for everybody. Mm-hmm. I, de- I definitely agree because I live by it. But I, I am definitely on social media frequently. And when it first came about, I was just against it, to be truthful. I thought it was invasive. Mm. I said, no, 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 I'm not getting on that. It took everybody to get me on social media. You got me on Instagram. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. Uh-uh. We were right. in London. Oh, we were in yes. London. And you were like, look. And I wasn't following anybody. You need to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, you need to upload this picture. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, Keisha. See, I like but, Instagram, though. No, I do. I love visuals. I love, I love pictures. I love the pictures. I love pictures. I love looking. And my favorite, of course, are when I see food pictures and when I see beautiful vacation pictures and beach pictures. Oh, no, I follow and- about... 10 to 20 accounts that are nothing but homes and interior decorations. Oh, I like on. those too. Oh my gosh. Like I'm in love there. Like somebody like, Erin, you're not following people. I'm like, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm following what I like to digest. Yeah. I like beautiful aesthetics. That's yeah. just me. So I definitely, um, I have enjoyed it more and more as time has evolved. But at mm-hmm. first, no, I was one of the last on Facebook because I was like, oh, heck no. What, you, what is this thing you guys are on? The Facebook. Yes. <laughs> but now I've um, come to a point where I love it. I enjoy it. I interact. I connect. I built relationships. I never knew that I would even use a vehicle like technology to build relationships because I'm so extroverted. Yeah. I built my relationships in person. Mm-hmm. I don't build them like through technology up until now. So now I'm used to it. And I, it's been a very great tool for me for business time has evolved and i know i can't run a blockbuster business in a netflix world so i have i've just embraced you hear that you hear that what can't you do arian run a blockbuster business in a netflix world you'll be put out (laughs) so i definitely have embraced it i love it i enjoy it um and I, I've been using it to, you know, my business advantage now. Yeah. It's important. I mean, because you do have to change with the times. You have mm-hmm. to kind of continue in order, like you said, to grow your business. You have to stay relevant in terms of everything from marketing to, mm-hmm. you know, the, all of it. And But for me, if that didn't exist, if it didn't have that type of return, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't play in this space. Oh, I know you wouldn't. <laughs> you, you're, you don't play about business. I probably wouldn't play in this space. But because I see that it does, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Right. So, yeah, I enjoy it. And I do like to share parts of my life. I guess like anything, I feel like it's when it comes with a level of of entitlement Mm -hmm. that it kind of is like, wait, hold on. Because I deal with that even with my girls at Camp Kizzy, you know, making sure that they understand, you know, that whole entitlement piece is not okay. You know, you have to work hard for you have to you have to put in and you have to be humble and you have to be appreciative and you have Mm -hmm. to be grateful. These are these are necessary pieces. Um, And and that is something that we you know, that's kind of part of this generation that they feel a little entitled to a lot of things. So I get it. 
And because they're watching the highlight reel, they don't see process. Yes. The hard work part. They don't see process. And now it has an expectation of, oh, I need to have this this way and this fast. Immediate microwave. Yes. And that's just not the case. I encourage everybody to watch um, Diddy's Can't Stop, Won't Stop documentary. You know I haven't seen it yet. I know. I'm the last person on earth. It's amazing. It's truly amazing. Um, Anybody with dreams and aspirations, which is it should be everybody, but it's definitely inspirational. Um, But it does show you a journey. You know, it shows you the ups and downs. It shows you success. It shows you overcoming. It just shows you a lot. And it shows you a 20-year journey. So... I'm telling you, um, this definitely, this millennial generation, like even some of the requests that I have, you know, just with employing people. I was going to ask you about that. And I was just like, wait a minute. Like, you don't just get to do this. Right. Um, And and some of it for me, because I'm just to some level when it comes to my work ethic, I know I can be. Um, a slave, not some, I was going to say a slave driver, but we're not going to no, use that. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at that all. That was a bad analogy, Keisha. Bad analogy, I'm sorry. But the thing is, I get it. And I and I was saying that in jest, but we're similar in that we aren't afraid of hard work and we're not afraid Mm-mm. of, and, and when I say hard work, I don't want to say like you have to toil and you're like, her, because I believe in working smarter, not harder. Yeah. However, we're not, we don't ask anyone to do anything that we wouldn't do ourselves. And I feel like a lot of times people don't get that. Like people don't get that about me a lot of times. You know, they don't realize that when it comes to getting stuff done, I'm going to Get, jump in and do whatever it takes, whether it's my job description, whether it's not, what it, whatever it takes has to be done, whether it's putting some mulch out to the most glamorous job known to man. And a lot of times I know I've had that with assistants where they're looking at me like, you want me to do what? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'm not asking anything of you, you that, I wouldn't, do that I wouldn't do myself. Exactly. And that's that's one thing that people do have to realize. Um, no, you're right. I can do every single job in my business, <laughs> whether you're here or not. I can definitely step in. But I'm telling you, I do think that has had that effect, that that them watching the microwave, the highlight reel, they're just thinking things are so instantaneous. And, no, there is process. Yeah. There is definitely process to all of this. Well, you know what? Let's take a really quick break. And we'll be right back shortly with more Candidly Keisha. And then today, who's our call-in today for our Fearless Friday segment? For our Fearless Friday segment, we have the beautiful Ronessa Brown. She was a teen mom turned millionaire. Nice. So stay tuned. This is Candidly Keisha. We will be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Candidly Keisha. Hi, welcome to Candidly Keisha. Hi, this is Ronnie Brown. Hey, Ronnie. Hello. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome. Hey, y'all. How are you today? Girl, I'm absolutely amazing. The weather is perfect here and I'm about to go have a cocktail with my girl. What? I am so jealous. love that life, Ronnie. I am so (laughs) jealous. That is what I am talking about. So where is here? Where are you calling from? I'm from Washington, D.C. Oh, you are from D.C., the metro Mm -hmm. area. 
Yes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Ronnie, here at our Fearless Friday segment on Candidly Keisha, we have different people calling in that will be speaking at the conference coming up this November, sharing their stories. So definitely talk to us about your journey from going from being a teen mom to a millionaire, honey. Awesome, awesome. Well, guys, just to give you all a little bit of a, a background about myself, I grew up in Washington, D.C., and um, by the time I was 14, my parents split up, and I was there with my dad, and I decided to be a little hot tamale, looking for love, trying to, you know, be a wife. And by the time I was 16, I was a mom, mm. and uh, I really didn't know what I was going to do and how I was going to make that work, and um, I just really got to work. I started working. I was busting tables, and, you know, next thing I know, I had landed a job at Georgetown University Hospital as a janitor. And was I embarrassed? You better believe it. I remember telling people that I was a medical assistant. I used to have my little scrubs on, and I would walk around and say I was a medical assistant in the RN, but I was a janitor. A janitor. <laughs> and, <laughs> a janitor. And um, it, was a, it was a big learning experience. At that time, I was a little frustrated with that position because I wasn't able to finish college because I had my son. But it really taught me a lot of... Um, customer relationship building, and it taught me how to stay humble. I think working uh, as a janitor, allowing me to see people land on their deathbeds, dying, and uh, just having their family there by their side, you know, by their side, and realizing what was important in life. For me, mm -hmm. I think that season of my life taught me to be humble. It taught me to appreciate my family. Uh, it taught me that money doesn't solve the issue. It's really about love and the people that, that care for you. Um, and it taught me how to deal with different people at different stages in their lives. I was able to talk to doctors, and then I was able to talk to people, you know, on their deathbeds, and just being around different types of people. Uh, from there, you know, I, I continued to work, and a few years later, I started getting unexpected positions that I personally didn't even understand how I was landed in those positions in different jobs. Uh, but the thing was, you know, I had my second child at 19, so I was hard-headed, didn't learn my lesson. And I only had one person that was really by my side at that time, and that was my mom. And around this point in time in my life, a lot of my friends had already started counting me out. You know, because when you're young and you are that person with all the kids, people already say, you know, your life is done. You're going to end up on welfare, you know, public assistance, all that good stuff. And I was determined to make a change in my life. So, so after getting fired from endless jobs, I decided to do something that I was passionate about. I've always been very passionate about empowering women. I've always been very passionate about beauty, you know, makeup, fashion. That's been my thing. And who's to say that I couldn't make that my dream, that I couldn't turn that into a business? And that is exactly what I was determined to do. And I started my own little uh, candle and makeup line, mineral makeup line, and I made it in my house. And I was very, very determined to get it out there. I started doing vending tables. I started doing events. And people started supporting me. And it was crazy. And it gave me the courage. It gave me that belief that I could do it. You know, I where I grew up at, I grew up in uh, Northeast D.C. Mm -hmm. And my dad, after my mom and my dad split, my dad went through a terrible time of depression in his life. And my dad started dating women that were on drugs, and I literally grew up in a crack house. So I made a decision. 
And when I was about 19 That's in, years old, after having that second child, that I was going to change it. That was my you know? question. I was I wanted to know, like, what was that defining moment? What was that turning point? Because everyone, you know, you know that moment, like, even though you're like, I need to do better, there's always that defining moment where you were like, tomorrow is not going to be the same as today. You know, I think for me, to be honest with you, the defining moment, the light bulb moment, I like to call it the aha moment, right? Yes. That moment for me was honestly when I went to a job and I was pregnant with my daughter. I was 19. I was three minutes late, and my supervisor called me in, and I was literally, I probably had $300 to my name, and I was three minutes late. She called and she told me that they had to let me go because I was three minutes late, and I never, I will never forget getting me and begging her pregnant I was eight months pregnant begging her on my knees to allow me to stay in this job and she told me that she would give me another chance and I worked until three o'clock that day and at three o'clock they called me in the office after I had worked and I had calmed down because I was crying and she told me that they made a decision that they weren't going to be able to do it mm. and that day riding home I will never forget, I was on 66, girl, in Virginia, on the highway. I said, I will never put myself in a position where I'm on my knees begging someone to allow me to work for them. I'm going to create something that I can do for myself, and I can have my own paycheck, and I can decide what I'm going to make. I will never experience that again. But more importantly, ladies, riding home, the biggest thing that hit me and it made me just wake up was the fact that I pictured my kids having to do something like that. Mm. And at that very moment, I said, I'm never going to put my children in a position where they have to beg anyone to employ them. That was the turning point for me. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And one thing I know that all three of us live by is that you treat the janitor the same way you do the CEO. Absolutely. look at you. Hello, <laughs> because I used to be the janitor. From janitor to CEO. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because, you know, where you are today has no bearings on where you will be or where you're destined to be. And so many people, and nor does it, det- nor does it determine your worth as a human being. Yes. And a lot of people miss that point. They, they, they miss the point that, all people are deserving of love, of respect, of, you know, just common courtesy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you can never mistake it. Like, just because someone is on their chapter two. I mean, I remember being denied in so many areas of my life. Lord have mercy. I was like David in the Bible, like denial, 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 denial. And it, it doesn't feel good. I was left out because I had children. You know, I was left out because I didn't go to college. My friends were going to college. I was looked down on, you know, because I was a young mom. Everyone was counting me out. Everyone said I would be another statistic. And I was determined to change that and make something happen for me. But also, my biggest mission in my business and my journey right now, I know that the call of my life is to let other women know that regardless of what you've been through or where you come from or your lack of education, there's a role for you Absolutely. that people will pay you for. Mm. So I one last question because, you know, we're not going to keep you for forever today because you got to get to your patio and your drinks. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is, do you have like an affirmation or a mantra, mantra that you live by? 
I would really say that my affirmation every day is no excuses, only solutions. Mm. That's it. And what is the greatest thing? Because you said you have a daughter. Do you have a son as well or do you only have daughters? Honey, mama has two two boys and two girls. Honey. Well, damn. Okay, and she's happily married. <laughs> oh, very nice. Well, I guess my next question is, what is it, what is the one thing from your journey that you hope, that you did not even hope, that you desire to pass to your children? Oh, my goodness. Uh, the biggest thing that I hope to pass. No, no, no. We're not going to use hope because hope has, amb- they don't, that's not for sure. We're going to use desire <laughs> okay. because it's a stronger word. And we believe that words are powerful right here. So what is your okay. desire? So the biggest thing that I'm going to pass to my there we going. Go. She said, I'm not going to get to desire. <laughs> even, even better. Let them know, Ronnie. Thank you very much. <laughs> the biggest thing that I'm going to pass down to my children is literally getting out of the poverty mindset. My children are going to understand work ethic. They're going to see me work every day. They're going to know that there are no limitations to their lives. And that is what I'm passing down to them. I am uh, getting them out of the mindset of being uh, the, the worker, the employee, and giving them the, the tools, uh, the inspiration, and just molding them into a place where I say, you are the future. You are the CEO. You are the business owner. And whatever it is that you enjoy, I don't care if you want to be a gamer. I don't care if you want to be a comedian. There is a lane for you that you can dominate. That you can dominate. That's the part you got to hear. Well, I just want to say thank you so much. I'm so looking forward to meeting you in person. I cannot wait to meet you as well. And we want to have a good time at this conference. I'm ready to cut up. <laughs> absolutely well enjoy your day have a cocktail for me because i still <laughs> don't i don't after the baby i don't really drink anymore so okay girlfriend i'm putting a little sugar around the room for y'all today. oh <laughs> yes with a mango margarita please and thank you all right ladies thank you you. bye-bye bye so if you guys want to hear more of ronnie brown make sure you check out our fearless reloaded conference it is november 18th in atlanta georgia you can find the information at fearlessreloaded.eventbrite.com yes (laughs) we're all gonna have a blast yes well i've really enjoyed I'm, i'm so enjoying the fearless segments because i'm getting i'm also just like the listeners have Having an opportunity mm-hmm. to meet other inspirational, empowering, just amazeballs women. Yes. And I love that every day of the week. So thank you for that, Arian. I appreciate you. Oh, more than welcome. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are going to wrap this party up today. This has been Candidly Keisha. I say enjoy this weekend. Go on and have you a cocktail, even if I can't. One day my body will let me do it again, just not today. But um, this is Candidly Keisha, and we'll be right back, same place, same time, next Friday. See, talk to you then. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.